It's the Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast that in the offseason has discussed becoming a Demi Lovato podcast. We're back here. It's Ravens Steelers week, one of the biggest weeks of the year. Banks is shaking his head at me as we begin. That always means I've done something well. This this is a huge week, guys. Ravens Steelers week always brings a different energy. We've talked about how ho-hum, how not energetic, how whatever – uh, the last few weeks have been. This is the opposite of that. This is the one that gets the blood boiling, the one that gets us ready to go, at least for me and Banks, who root for a real team, not you, Eric. Um, but this, this is going to be fun. So let's get right Let's get right into it. 1 p.m., CBS, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson, the A-show, baby, in the announcer booth. Banks, just initial thoughts on this matchup, gigantic implications for this division, this conference, and really um, who's at the top of the heap in the NFL. This is why we do it. I mean, this is it. This is Raven Steelers. This is the best football out there. I mean, I hate that scumbag Big Ben, but he summed it up so well this week. He said this is football in its purest form. He's absolutely correct. It's the most correct thing he's ever said. And he's it's a rare <laughs> to see, but he's correct. It is football in its purest form. It's hard nose, AFC North, no love loss, uh, throw out the record book, this, that, and the other. It's all those cliches. I love it. This is, it gets the blood flowing. I hate it at the same time. I mean, you'll see in the interview with Joey Molinaro, we, he, the feelings are reciprocated on both sides. We hate each other. We love the rivalry. We appreciate it. We, res, we respect it to a degree. We respect the rivalry for what it is. We hate watching the games because they're an aneurysm. They're just awful. They're just so stress inducing but we love it overall. It's This is why we do it. This is what it's all about. I'm so excited. It's exactly what it is. And yeah, can't get ready to listen to that interview with Joey. He was, he was awesome. And we reminisced for a while about the history of the rivalry. So we won't do much of that here because we, we covered a gamut of stuff with, with Joey about this specific game, Eric, I'll let you kind of break it down first. Cause you're a neutral party here. You don't have the hate in your heart for the team that the Ravens play on Sunday. So when you look at this game, how do you feel like it's going to go as the, you know, the Steelers have looked like one of the best teams in the NFL so far this year, the Ravens while being somewhat disappointing somehow at five and one also do. What are your thoughts? And like Joey will get into, um, this is kind of the first chapter of that. And it stinks because I mean, we're arguably very close, not very close, but we're closer to the end of big Ben's career. And Lamar is, you know, still a, he's a young pup getting his legs under him. Um, so we're, we're obviously not going to get to see those two go to battle much longer. But um, it's kind of weird because from 2000 until what, 2000, I don't know, 14, 12, it was those defense, heart, you know, run the ball. And, and that's, that's what the game was on both sides of the ball. And now it's not. Now it's – and we've seen this the last couple of years with the Steelers, but they're spreading five wide. You know, we have, we've seen arguably the most electric running quarterback in, in NFL history for the Ravens now. And I think 10 years ago, I mean, like you said, we, we've been, we're pretty used to, to the concrete shoe Joe Flacco standing back there. I know, I know he, he can break some off. Um, it, so it, it's, it's weird watching this and being like, there's going to be a lot of points scored here because that was never the case, you know, a couple of years ago. So I, I am excited to see, like I said, I, I got a firsthand taste of the Steelers last week. Um, I mean, they're electric. Their offense is electric, just like the Ravens is. Um, two damn good defensive teams, too. I know 
that that that's that was um, one of the things that I've seen on ESPN all week was them comparing. I think the Ravens are first in points given up, um, and and the Steelers I think are right there at like number three. Yeah, um, the Steelers are first in yards. Yeah, and and I think yeah. the Ravens are like ninth. It was um, seems very typical. It seems like there's been a lot of years where we're both first, and there becomes a stupid argument over like. Oh, points. Oh, it's a yard. Points or yards, like, yeah. I think it's points because what's the entire point of a defense? It's to prevent the other team from scoring. Mm-hmm. So it's points, but we're, we won't get too deep into that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great game. Um, like, like we've – it's been harped all over, all over social media this week. Like, oh, it should have been flexed. We should flex it. It's like, yeah, yeah the, the logistics don't work out that way. Like, you can't, you can't six days before the game just decide to switch it up. Um, so, you know, we'll settle for what is it, Giants-Eagles or, or Eagles-Cowboys or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad NFC East game. But, um, you know, I mean, Sunday, 1 o'clock, fans in the stadium in Baltimore for the first time this year. Again, it, it was 7,500, something like that. 7,500. It, it, it'll be loud, and I know ben, I think Ben said something like, you know, it's, it's not the crowd they're used to in Baltimore, but it, it'll be loud, and, and um, it, it'll, it'll be definitely be interesting to see these two go at it because again i think it's two it's two really good offenses that can both score um a lot of points and and it's two damn good defenses so i'm i'm excited i'm gonna buckle in and just you know get some popcorn and watch yeah it's uh, yeah, i think it's go ahead banks it's kind of interesting just like like you said the offense is very capable and uh on both teams and they're both well-rounded teams but really it seems like we're harking back to an old day where these defenses are at the top of the league and and they're back to hard hitting and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what gives because it seems like in today's NFL, the defenses are porous and they don't really hold up. And it's just not the way that you win football games anymore, but both teams are kind of built in similar manners. So um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Like it's, I'm excited to see, it's kind of a litmus test. I know we played the chiefs, but like, we're kind of uh, trying to find our way. And this is, this is part of how we build our team is to face a team like these Steelers because we see them twice a year and, and, and we're in the midst of, uh, we'll get into this here shortly, like how we're constructing a team and how we want to kind of, you know, make some of these last minute changes just to kind of um, move forward. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's right to just get into it now in terms of that, obviously the Ravens, Stock up this week, trading for Yannick. Yannick Ngakwe, everybody, as we will tell you at, at Maryland, not Yannick, Yannick, um, who, you know, we've had questions throughout the Ravens season. Should they trade for a pass rusher? Should they try to improve the pass rush? Is the pass rush going to come around? Well, Eric DaCosta decided to improve the pass rush and got a guy that, you know, has been incredibly productive um, during his time in the NFL after um, coming out of Maryland as the all-time sacks leader um, for the Terps. Um, and, and the Ravens get him and he's going to be a huge part of, of this game um, as the Ravens try to get after Big Ben and shut down this potent attack um, that Big Ben has aerially with with Chase Claypool and Juju and all these different guys. I love the addition. You know, I, I'm obviously biased, as I think as everyone listens to this show. I, I love Maryland. I've had Yannick on the other podcast I host years ago. If you want to go back and listen to that here, the turtle with Yannick Ngakwe. Um, little quick plug there. Uh, but he he's he's a great player and a guy that just gets after the quarterback. He did with the Jags. I just don't think they had the personnel in Minnesota to really exploit his best talents. But he was still in the top, you know, five or six of the NFL in sacks. Uh, a hell of an addition from Merrick DaCosta. 
Absolutely. And I think that this is the answer to that Monday night football game because we, we need to get after the quarterback. This has been an issue for a couple of years. And Wink Martindale has done a phenomenal job of getting to the quarterback through blitz schemes and all kinds of design. But, but when you have a guy like Mahomes who can, who can crush you when you drop into man coverage and, and get the ball, get rid of the ball quick and escape that kind of pressure, you need to find other ways to get to the quarterback. You need to get to the quarterback with four guys. And, and we're, we just weren't doing that with the personnel that we have. So this, you know, Yannick is the, the answer to that. And I'm excited to see him get after the quarterback and even free up uh, Judon. And, and when, you know, Bowser and, and Ferguson come in and, and they get their reps, like that team, that, that position group is a lot more potent. Uh, it frees up a lot more of what those guys can do and, and, and Brandon Williams can kind of focus on what he does with gobbling up blockers and we can get after the quarterback and drop six or seven guys into coverage and still, you know, cover guys great and prevent those types of plays that, that killed us on that Monday night football game. And, and I, Adam Schefter was on one of five, seven with um, that, that bum Jason lock and this week and was talking about, um, cause you know, they were like, why this seems like a move that maybe the Ravens last year, they may have done this, deal it they they would have done this at the deadline which is this tuesday and basically what Schefter was saying due to the covid concerns and the wait the waiting and all that stuff we we saw with antonio brown this week where they got him in the building and that counts as one of the days where he's in that that covid protocol that that's why they traded for him last week was to have yannick for this steelers game they didn't want to trade for him they could have traded for him friday they could have traded for him wednesday and it's like no no they wanted to do it last week when they could to get him in there, get him tested, get him cleared. Boom, he's practicing, and Sunday he's going to line up, and he's going to he's going to be balls to the wall going uh, going for uh, for Big Ben. So I did think that was interesting, where they kind of made it a point, like, hey, we we want him here for for Pittsburgh. We need him here. Um, that, and like I said, I, I'm excited to see him because again, I I saw him terrorize quarterbacks uh, at Mar- you know with Maryland, and and it was great. And I, I got to see him with the Jags twice a year versus Tennessee, and. I wanted him off that team because I hate the Jags and, and they're, they're a bunch of frauds, I think. Um, and then again, it's like you, you kind of, you kind of had the feeling when he went to, to Minnesota that you didn't really know what way that team was going to go. And it was, it was pretty clear very quick into the season. Um, he was going to get moved because that team has zero future in there uh, up there in Minnesota. And um, I mean, the Ravens, it, it seemed like a, people have been yelling for year for, for months you know, bring him home, bring him home, bring him to Maryland and bring, bring him to Baltimore. And it, it seemed to work out fine. And I guess now Ravens fans kind of, and you guys can kind of elaborate on this is, is this going to be a rental or is this going to be uh you lock him up too? And, and, and what does this kind of mean for Judon going forward? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. It's I've said it a bunch of times. If they wanted Judon long-term, they would have worked something out by now. They don't tend to drag these these things on too much with guys that they want. They get out in front of it most times. They're pretty well known for not keeping players on the franchise tag into the season, and that's what they've done with Judon. And so I think that they were trying to shop and find the right situation in the offseason, and their offer just wasn't quite sweet enough to get him from Jacksonville at the time. And they were still trying to work work out the kinks and, and potentially get Jadavion Clowney, and they kind of missed the boat. But they knew they had that. You don't want him anyways. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's problematic, I know. But he, um, he uh, 
we, we didn't get Yannick and we knew we had that safety net of just keeping Judon on the, the, the franchise tag. And that's exactly what they did. And now we have kind of the embarrassment of riches on a defense that already had an embarrassment of riches. So the secondary is ridiculous. We know it's, it's a little thin and we need a little more depth there after a few injuries with Anthony Everett going, going down after with a shoulder injury last week. But um, you know, the, the front seven, was already looking good kind of going into the season on paper and it's been a mixed bag so far, but this should really set them up to really create some noise and be as defense first as they want to be. You know, this offense can be, we, we, we see what they're capable of last season and they haven't exactly found their stride, but the offense doesn't have to be all world with the way that this defense is. It takes a lot of pressure off of them and they've got this ridiculous streak going and they have a chance to tie the record for 20-plus point straight games on Sunday. They have 29, and the record is 30 by Peyton Manning's Broncos back in 2013 and 14. They have a chance to tie it, and that 20-point marker is probably all they need for most games. So that's that That might be the magic number this Sunday. It's 20 points. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad call. The other corresponding, well, not corresponding move, but the other move that the Ravens made was to sign Des Bryant uh, to the practice squad to try to address another issue that Ravens fans have complained about. Are there enough weapons on the outside for Lamar Jackson now? The Ravens had that other reported flirtation with Bryant earlier um, in this year that did not come to fruition. You know, it's a flyer of a move. They released Marcus Gilchrist, which is a little surprising to me, considering he was playing active, an active role in the defense over the last few weeks. I think he they said released. 42 snaps the last two weeks he had played. Yeah. It's, not, it's yep. not like he was a special team guy or anything. Yeah, veteran guy. And they bring on a veteran guy on the other side of the ball. And Dez, who I think is just a true wild card flyer. If you get anything out of him, you're happy. If you don't, it doesn't really matter um, as, a, as a member of the practice squad. Do you think we get anything out of him? I, I, I actually have written down over under 2.5 touchdowns for Des this year. Under. Under. I almost made yeah. it one and a half, but I, uh, I, 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 I thought that uh, may have been too easy. I'm not even sure he steps on the field, but that's just. You, you don't think that this was a, cause like I said, they, they, they obviously, they worked him out um, earlier this, this summer, I guess, before the season even started. Um, and it sounded like they had told him, Hey, you know, we, you know, we liked what we saw. Um, if, if we're, if Boykin again, isn't, doesn't have that connection with, with Lamar, maybe we'll give you a call, stay in shape. And it seems like to his credit that he did and, and he stayed in good enough shape for them to sign him. I think, I think we know that the Ravens wouldn't have have made any moves if, if he showed up again, out of shape or fat or sloppy or slow or whatever. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting. And I, I, it's kind of I, – I'm just wondering what he – is his mindset going into this. Because, again, if he thinks he's going to come in like he's 25 again and I'm going to get eight looks, eight to ten looks a game, it's not going to work out because, again, he's, not, he's on the practice squad. So if he is – because, again, this is kind of like a wake-up Miles Boykin and maybe they try and get him more involved this week just to kind of, hey, man, you got to shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, but, but Des, to me, like – I mean, I'm seeing people being like, this is a great move. This is huge. This is – it's like the, the guy hasn't – he hasn't had 1,000 yards since 2014. Yeah, and it's he, a game. He hasn't played a full season, I think, since 2017. Um, you know, he tore his Achilles the last time he stepped on a practice field. So, 
yeah. Who knows? It, it'll be interesting. Like you said, I think it's a very, I think banks, you tweeted it, you know, low risk, high reward. Um, there may not be any reward. And again, it's like, well, we'll, um, you know, we we'll make a, yeah. You'll, yeah. See, you'll, you'll probably see an 88 Jersey somewhere down the line and it'll have Pitt crossed out with Brian across the back and, <laughs> and some, some guy in Fed Hill will be throwing up the X's. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. It, it was a weird day that day too, that Thursday. Cause it was like, Oh, Yannick trade. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, Dez of the practice squad. It was, it was yeah. weird. Out. I oh, mean, yeah. the Ravens did the they did a jersey swap on social media for him. Put him in the put him in the jerseys. So they gave him a little bit. They gave him a little bit there. Yeah, I just don't think. And the reason I would bet that there is not a lot of return here is because of what you just said, RDT. Not a ton of success actually on the field since you know 2013, 14. He's been hurt. I would love if he re- recaptured 80 percent of that form. I think that's a guy that can help the Ravens at this point. I've I've challenge you know miles boykin on the show we have not seen it uh so far this year and at that point then you have hollywood and a lot of guys that are small you know willie sneed duvernay um so you try to find a guy that's a little bit more physical um and maybe des bryant's that guy yeah you know des bryant is not as tall as i had remembered him being like six two is like decent size but it's not i thought he was more of a menace like a six just just play so physically he's physical he's just Mm -hmm. yeah he looks lean in the pictures they showed him today at practice. How how tall was um Anquan? Probably I right right around. Yeah. Okay. But he didn't yeah. like seem to tower over people. I don't know why I have this image in my head that Des Bryant was like just taller than every corner that ever tried to go up against him. I mean, he goes up and gets it high points footballs. That's I mean, Des Bryant was bowling is six one. Six one. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I, had, I just had a note here real quick. So, obviously, that 2014 season, which is the last year that he had 1,000 yards, he had 16 touchdowns, which is insane. I mean, that's, that's a ton of touchdowns. And since then, he's had 17 touchdowns total. And, again, it hasn't played since 2017. So, um, it'll, it'll be interesting again. I know it, it kind of – I feel like it gave the fans some, some juice on that, that, uh, that bye week kind of. Yeah, and I think this is their, their answer to that whole – uh, need to add something to the offense. A lot of people are asking all the time about, oh, what receivers out there, this, that, the other. Like Usually you overpay when you trade for a receiver. I don't think that Eric DaCosta is the kind of guy to go send a third or a fourth for, for Will Fuller. There are a lot of receivers out here, and this is just an overall general take, like that are just guys. And they can be, you know, pretty much whatever in whatever offensive system they get placed in. And there's this variability that comes with that. And in the right place, you know, it's not worth giving up a draft pick for. There's plenty of guys out there on the market that the Ravens, like, fans are hopeful for or are borderline obsessed with. But, like, I just don't think it's that worth it when you can just get somebody like Des Bryant where the upside is pretty high um, because he's been special at times and the downside is pretty minimal. And Yeah you still have the possibility that Boykin will kind of turn it around and find it or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I like the move overall. It's not something to really like hang your hat on and be super fired up about, but we'll see where it goes and that's fine. And there doesn't, didn't need to be some brilliant answer to the wide receiver question. Like maybe the wide receiver, the, the pass rusher thing, pass rusher thing is an impact move. Yeah, and and there and obviously Des will play no part uh, this weekend as the uh, the Ravens take on the Steelers. Normally, right now we would do our our game picks, 
after proving it. But to get to the game picks, you've got to listen to our interview with Julie Marinara, who we brought on from Barstool Sports. Obviously, one of the, one of the dudes that's really blown up on the internet is a funny guy um, in the really the last you know 16 to 18 months, and is a gigantic Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And reminiscing about the rivalry was so fun with a guy that knows it so well on the other side um, for all of us here who, who've watched so many of these games um, and Joey was great. So I banks was just salivating over, over reminiscing the entire time. That's <laughs> exactly what we did. You know, Joey is, I mean, I think everybody knows and you've been off the internet streets for a couple of years. If you don't know who Joey is at this point, but it's just, you could tell just how down to earth and how much he just enjoys the football itself. He was really just enjoying reminiscing just like me about the victories that we've had and just sour about the losses we've had and the hate and the back and forth. It's just kind of like a mutual respect and a mutual hate for this, for this entire rivalry. And I just thought it was a great conversation that I think fans of both sides would enjoy. So if there's any Steelers fans that are listening to this podcast right now, (laughs) yeah, here, here comes your, uh, Here's what you were waiting for. Yeah, if you're visiting uh, just to listen to Joey talk uh, Raven Steelers, we got into it with him. So let's not waste any more time and get into our interview with uh, Joey. Something magic happens. We're back here on the Exit 52 podcast with the man himself from Barstool Sports, Joey Molinaro, representing the enemy on this show. Joey, I'm just going to let you have the first word. I'm going to give you the first word. When you think Raven Steelers, what do you think of? Hate. <laughs> pain uh stress i know you asked for one word but those no, are the three. say all the words <laughs> those are the three main ones that come to mind right off the bat uh yeah great to be here fellas looking forward to this weekend and uh i'm ready i brought my glove i brought my boxing gloves man i'm ready to go round for round versus uh two ravens fans uh since eric's you know a, a titans guy we just wiped them up <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i'm ready to roll <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. I mean, you said one word, but like all the cliches, no love lost. Love lost, man. Uh, you know. Um, throughout the record books. Yeah, throughout the record the books. That's a classic. Uh, <laughs> just hard-nosed football. Uh, AFC North football. It's, it's it's the best football there is, and there's no better time than, than when these two teams are at the best uh, in the league like they are now, 5-1, and 6-0. Oh, uh, yeah. Neither, you know, some – both these teams haven't really been tested too much. And so that's what I think I'm most excited for is that it's somewhat of a litmus test game. Obviously the Ravens got the doors blown off them by the chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steelers kind of had a test there against the Titans and they, they passed it, although it got a little shaky there towards the end. Barely, um, barely. Yeah, barely, barely. But they passed. Really, like, like you said, like throw out the record books and it's awesome when the record, the records are so high and so good and the stakes the stakes are high. It's what's great, great for football. Like this is the best rivalry of football. I think it's the best rivalry, rivalry in sports because it's so physical and there's just no way around it. I know other people would contend with that, but I'm, I'm excited as hell that, that this game means something as much as it does because it hasn't really since a certain Christmas we don't talk about. <laughs> That's tough for me to talk about now too because I hate the dude who did it. Um, but it was, you know, nonetheless, we won't go there, but yeah, man. I mean, that graphic's been going around today. I think field Yates tweeted it out about the last 20 years, uh, literally the last 20 years, these two teams, they played twice a year, obviously. And I, I think it's like 23 and 23. I mean, it's literally split down the middle. Uh, I think the Ravens are averaging like 20 points. I think the Steelers are averaging like 19.6. I mean, 
you talk about Yankees, Red Sox, you talk about North Carolina, Duke, Auburn, Alabama, you know, uh, you know, people were coming at me saying the Seahawks 49ers. I was like, they had a good like year and a half run where it was like, you know, where, where, where that was like an intense matchup. I don't really think anybody's like, Whoa, can't wait to watch the Seahawks 49ers this weekend. Um, and that's, that's the great part about it. Like you said, is that this is the true definition of a rivalry. There's hate there but there's hate there because the two sides are typically over the last 20 years, so evenly matched. And it feels like one team has had a slight upper edge for, for that last 20 years, like for a little bit. And then the other team kind of takes over and the pendulum swings back and forth. There was a stretch earlier in this decade where I believe nine out of 10 games or something like that were, was played to three or less points, which is just ridiculous. And one of the words that you said was, was it stress? I think stress. Yes, that was stress. stress. These games are not fun. Like, right? Yeah. Think about it's fun to get excited about, but when you're in it, they're not fun at all. I mean, it is butthole tight type stuff. Like you are just not comfortable at any moment, and it felt like anytime a team went up by two scores, you were just waiting for what was going to happen next in order to bring it back closer. It was like NFL blitz back in the day. Like, if you get up by three scores, you're fumbling the next possession. No question. Right. So, um, it, 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 I, the one time it felt like we had gotten in the clear, and this is another game, I, I, you remember the ones that don't go well, for me at least. The 21-7 to lead that the Ravens had in the divisional round in 2010, the Ravens go up 21-7, and it's like, oh, shit, we got a two-touchdown lead. No one's had a two-score lead in this rivalry for, like, four or five years, it seems like. As yep. soon as the second half started, Ray Rice fumbled, and the whole game changed completely. So uh, yep. it's just uncanny how well these teams match up with, you know, the, the Steelers kind of had their shift into a more pass-first offense and changed their style a little bit, and the Ravens have kind of, like, drifted towards that a little bit. But overall, it just seems like they become hard-nosed slop fest, and I could not love it more, and – Credit to the guy I don't want to give any credit to, but he summed it up pretty well today. Big Ben said, this is football in its purest form. Absolutely. Big Ben, like he – you said the games are stressful. I don't think there's anything that's ever stressed me out more as a fan watching my team than watching Big Ben just roll around in the pocket and just be impossible to tackle. It is one of the worst feelings. Like people talk about Mahomes now. Mahomes runs around and and gets away from everybody. Dude, Big Ben is just, it's so brutal. And you think every, every single Raven has missed a tackle on that guy or gotten thrown off or, and, and he just extends the play. Those are the most stressful plays, especially on third down. The difference between those two, Mahomes so and brutal. Between Mahomes and Big Ben, the difference is it looks like you're going to get the Big Ben. Like he's just like every time terribly mobile and he's kind of stumbling around. And next thing you know, he's just, you know, you're on the ground and he's, he's, kind of throwing a little bit of a duck that's that somehow finds its way to its target and it's yeah. stressful as hell. It feels like we've been on a little bit of vacation from it so i'm not i'm right you, got, you guys didn't have to see him twice last year right this yeah is, this is the first time big ben seeing like the the new look ravens with you know led by lamar jackson and then you know so that's that's something to look forward to too but you know like you said uh having the the, the two score lead or whatever team had the lead it feel like, you know, something bad's going to happen for the other one. I mean, so many times, whoever has the ball last has won the game, right? I mean, you look at um, 2008 at Baltimore, 
Big Ben to San Antonio Holmes. You look at 2010, two times, first meeting in Pittsburgh when Baltimore, uh, like 16 seconds left, Joe, Joe uh, Flacco to, I believe, TJ Hushmanzada. Uh, and, and then later on in that year, Pittsburgh has a strip sack from Troy Palomalu. On and on we go. It, it just feels like whoever has the ball last so often in this rivalry as well, even if it's a 13 to six or 10 to six game, that team's going to put together a drive that goes like 80 yards and just completely rips your freaking heart out of your chest. And they never seem to play like a game where a team gets out in front and has control and just kind of drains the clock out. The few times when it's, it's not close, it's a fucking ass kicking. Like yeah, people, right. teeth get absolutely kicked in. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like the football gods just want to give either side of this rivalry, just all the ammunition, whether it's just like the narrow wind that rips out your heart or the heart crushing, just like you have to suck up this loss for three hours kind of loss. It's, it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster, And I, it's, I, I've, I've kind of, like I alluded to, I've missed it in the way that it's been the last decade or so. Um, and then again, like, I'm going to hate myself for three hours on Sunday. And I expect the same for you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I saw at the top, I'm looking forward to it. Now that we're talking, I'm like, I really just kind of want to skip on Monday and just kind of find, figure, figure out the result and then go, go from there and play the Cowboys because <laughs> this is going to be hell. Now, now you guys, Joe, you, you said it at the top, hate. You're, obviously, there's been a lot of hatred between the teams, again, over the last 20 years. It seems like, and again, I'm as a Titans fan, I'm on the outside looking into this rivalry. It doesn't seem like the hateable characters are there on each side. Obviously, the Ravens fans, Big Ben is, is probably number one. Tomlin's got to be up there, too. But, like, Joey, from your point of view, looking at this, like you mentioned, too, the new, the new look Ravens, there's not a Terrell Suggs. There's not a Haloti Nada. There's not a Ray Lewis. There's not these guys that, that you, you look across the line of scrimmage and you go, that's the guy that I absolutely hate. I feel like now it's more just like you hate that logo, you hate the color, you hate every, you know, the team but it's like those hateable players are it doesn't seem like they're still there at least and then I guess kind of going off that the I'm teeing this up for all three of you guys who are your most hated players on on both sides you seem jilted like like the rivalries diminish because you're jealous no 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 I don't think I don't think it's and you didn't get to become the true rival of the Ravens (laughs) I think I think there was a time when the Titans definitely were there well it's not a rival rival and then it went it went to the wayside anyway yeah yeah, all right well but again who's like Joey who are the 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 Ravens that when you think of this matchup you think like that those these three guys are the ones that I absolutely hate the most currently on this this current no just all time all time Oh, oh, um, Terrell Suggs, uh, hated T Sizzle, uh, Joe Flacco. I couldn't Ooh. stand it. it. Just he, just because he was, he showed no emotion. It worked so well in his favor a handful of times at Heinz Field, and he was just like nails there a few times. But it, even when we were kicking his ass or, you know, hitting him a bunch, it just didn't seem like he was like, you know, phased by it or anything. And then he would either, you know, check down to Ray Rice or he would just chuck it. And he's either getting a PI or, you know, just, you know, throwing a bomb down the field. And so he pissed me off. So Suggs, uh, Flacco, um, Ray Rice, or Ray Lewis was annoying. I hated Ray Rice too. That, you know, went by the way. That whole 2005, 2006 to like 2011 
2012 Ravens team, I really hated all of them. The whole just I, core <laughs> of players. I mean, real. I mean, uh, Terrell That's Suggs, Paul Kruger, uh, um, uh, Haloti Nada. Um, I know Bart Scott was there for a little bit at the beginning of that. Yep. Um, I mean, just all of them. Uh, you know, and now, like you said, I think because of that, that has kind of transferred over to now it's just – it may be Harbaugh. Like, I feel like Harbaugh. Oh, I hate John Harbaugh. I yeah, hate like that may Harbaugh. be the answer for right he's now. A, he's such a smug little bastard. <laughs> I can't, um, can't stand John Harbaugh. But, yeah, he right now I'd say, I mean, he he's definitely just enemy number one. I mean, I don't really have any hard feelings. Just because we haven't had those knockdown dragout slugfests with this new-look Raven squad like so often you'd see between – a lot of the guys that you guys are going to mention and all those guys that I mentioned. We're just like looking in the mirror right now, pretty much. <laughs> we yeah. Rattle off pretty much mirror images of the same players. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to pick my three, I think uh, Big Ben has to be in the mix for the same reasons as Joe Flacco. I also think that he's just full of shit. And for all the reasons <laughs> that he gets joked about on PMT, he says all the things that are like what people want to hear and this, that, and the other. And, um, he does that whole thing. So I hate his guts. Um, <laughs> uh, number one answer you're going to hear from Ravens fans is always going to be Heinz Ward. I knew it. And he I earned it. it. I mean, he, he earned it. And like, I love Heinz Ward. I he disgusts me. He, I hate his guts. He's the best. But like, yeah, he, he just smiles. He takes the hit. And that's what everybody hates about him. Like, if yep. he was on my side, I would probably love the shit out of that. Yep. He wasn't on my side. He took some runs at, at some guys who weren't looking for the, for the runs. And Jared Johnson got him the one time. So shout out to Jared Johnson. Um, hated Jared Johnson too. My, my <laughs> other one is big time hate. And he's probably my biggest hate uh, of the entire thing is Joey Porter. <laughs> for what he did to Todd Heap, when Todd Heap, I don't know if you remember this, he rolled his ankle on yep. a two-minute drill before halftime. And so they scrambled. He he hopped on one leg back to the line of scrimmage just so they could set and spike it. And he knew that he hobbled. Everybody saw it. He was kind of the player that everyone was like, come on, come on. Like, we got to get to the line and spike this. And uh, it, was probably, it was probably Kyle Bowler. Uh, Bowler snaps it, spikes it, and Porter just takes a run at him and puts him on his ass. It's just, it was just – just cheap it was joey porter's not a very likable guy again unless he's on your side and then sometimes even on your side he's still kind of like he's kind of embarrassing a little bit and of course leading into that guy who's just like up to his scumbag shit is mike tom so i think (laughs) well into this one jacoby jones return kickoff return that you guys won the game he's up to his shit oh that was a big time move i mean big time devious like chasing kid with the uh with the ice spill on the floor type shit like yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinda, to I, a degree I it's like it. it's an all-time move and you call it hardball smug smug is like the look on his face when he's looking up at the scoreboard after watching the replay and knowing exactly what he did and of course him in the post game just saying like oh yeah i just i didn't know where i was like yeah. okay like whatever, whatever you say mike yeah <laughs> Yeah, you 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 also hate the sunglasses during the press conference and stuff like that. I know you hate that. 
I, I know do. you made that pass. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you took a couple out of the words out of my mouth. Could not stand Heinz Ward. The smile after the the blatantly dirty hits was just awful. And then the blatantly media, dirty hits. This is Steelers Ravens. Blatantly dirty <laughs> hits. And then, strap and, up, baby. And Let's then, go. Well, and then he would just get praised by the media for being a good guy. He sucks. Joey Porter sucks. <laughs> Couldn't stand him. But you already said that. So my three, I'll give. One of them is a group of people. I could not stand Brett Kiesel and. It was really because every time they'd zoom in on his beard and it was like he was just the epitome of like a tough guy. And I was like, screw this guy. Chris Compton, like, oh, Al, oh, look at Brett Keith. He loves football. Oh, my God. He's so good. I'd be like, this guy's not that good. Just because you have a big beard under your, under your helmet doesn't mean you're a tough guy. <laughs> Couldn't stand him. Similarly, uh, could not stand Le'Veon Bell. Oh, now, wow. he's a, now he's irrelevant. I can't stand him either. <laughs> partly because I hated hearing how patient he was as a running back. He's so goddamn patient. I don't care. Get him out of here. He sucks. There's a little <laughs> bit different reason. And then I couldn't stand that Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, and Antonio Brown called themselves young money. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Of course mm-hmm. I remember that. Those guys were a bunch of bums. Although I do, I will talk about my feelings about Antonio Brown uh, in this uh, later question, but um yeah, I mean those guys were those guys were clowns together, and they the why I hated them most was because they were hard to freaking stop when they were all on the field and when they were coming up together, and that that's why you end up hating someone for the most part is because you can't. Sure, but what's interesting is that like a lot of the guys that you hate, I also hate. So that's like <laughs> well, a weird thing that's going. On. <laughs> well, the problem is I had to go deep into my Rushmore because Hines and Joey were the clear top guys. No, yeah. no James Harrison from from Brian or Taylor. Uh, I, no. Uh, okay. I mean, he's, 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 he's okay. just kind of a massive former Raven human. too. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, really. A, I can't say that there's any any Ravens that have left that we're kind of like, oh fuck that guy, except for Bernard Pollard. That's really it. But he I had, had a been, I had a bad run with, with Bart Scott when he was with the Jets. I, I couldn't really stand him for a while with the he Jets. He did get. Then he got on TV and he's even worse. Yeah, yeah, but he was on radio. Yeah, he has yeah. that all time gift. So. You got to give yeah, him some credit that's there. That's true. That's true. All yeah. time so moment. All time are... back it up, didn't he? I think they he won that the... game. No, yes. wait. Well, I mean, Ray he Rice. That, he said that after the New England game and then South oh, for the Colts. Said, See you next week in Pittsburgh. He said, can't wait. And the Steelers fucking. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. There we so go. We didn't follow that. Is that win against the fraud. Patriots. Okay. Fair. The win against the, the Patriots was an all time win. Uh, Banks, Ray Rice, I mean, is clearly, I mean, come on. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I yeah. that's a, that's a delicate subject, but you know, so, yeah. now do, do we, do we want to do the flip side or Taylor? Did you have a question? I was going to, no, I was going to about... go right into it. I was going to say the Steeler I respected, and this is going to be a really, there we I, go. I, you know, I have always been an Antonio Brown guy. I always have. He's an, he hmm. was an incredible receiver and, and I would draft him in fantasy starting when he was like hyped coming out of there. And I, rode him to multiple fantasy championships and I sung his praises and it was so conflicting watching. It's the one of the weirdest feelings I've had as a sports fan, enjoying watching Antonio Brown play and just eviscerate my team game after game after game. Uh, obviously now he is incredibly problematic, but uh, <laughs> I was, I would argue in favor of Antonio Banks knows this. I would go in arguing on Antonio Brown as the best receiver in the league. And he's on easily my least favorite uh sports franchise so very bizarre but absolutely respected uh antonio brown and honestly i got a little respect for big ben too i've always there said, we go i've there always said go. this is this is gonna ravens fans that listen to this are not gonna like this if that dude played in baltimore there'd be a statue up of him in front of the stadium when you retire oh fuck yeah all right yeah i like that i like this <laughs> thank you, you taylor that's very you're welcome good. you're welcome joey you're welcome yeah go ahead 
God, this is know. this is the part where I'm supposed to say which players I liked and respected. And you don't have yeah. to have an answer. You can you can. One. Those are my Good, two guys. I don't. I'm, I'm I don't have destroyed. one. Fuck them all. <laughs> I, no, the rebuttal. No, nope. the rebuttal. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of like some lineman that's like. Uh, the answer should be Steve Smith showed up for a little bit. No, folks. my <laughs> answer. If I was on the. Oh, how do you hate Steve heap. Smith? Hot heap. Oh like, no. Well, no? I respect Heath Miller because that was just such a fraudulent chant that you guys just, that just is very true. yoinked off the Ravens. How do we steal that off the Ravens? Because you chant Heath, we can't chant Heath? Yeah, it's just completely <laughs> – yeah, you, you just heard yeah, Heath yeah. clapping that ass against the Steelers. And, we're like, that's a pretty sweet chant. We just drafted this guy, Heath Miller, out of Virginia. Let's just throw that out there and steal that. Uh, I don't really, I don't know about all that. And they're gonna get me all fired up, slander and Heath Miller like that. But. Fun fact: uh, <laughs> my cousin, man. my cousins, they're all they're from Pittsburgh, and they, my cousin had a friend who lived in Heath Miller's neighborhood, and for some reason he just pissed on his garage door. Like had no, woke up and was like blackout, and they were like, "Yeah, you pissed on Heath Miller's garage door last night." And he's like, "I love Heath Miller," and he's like, "Yeah." So this, way to show. that's my cur- Heath Miller story for the. Uh, that's my uh, two. Are cents. you snitching? Me? No, everyone no. knows. I think everyone knows. The house got sold. <laughs> it's fine. It no, no, no damage or anything like that. Do you guys still chant Heath for when Vance McDonald or Jesse James caught the ball? You, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I was thinking because this year, uh, you know, we don't have barely any fans, so it's not re- really a real thing. But last year, the year before, ever really ever since Heath retired, we they they've kind of continued it. Yeah, and when Jesse James was there. You know, some people could say it was like a Jesse, you know, but like it was definitely, you know, it was not Jesse. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I, I would, I would do it sitting there, just like there's Heath Miller again. He has he really retired? It was just the same guy, it's the same. Sure. Guy. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's just kind of, you know, it's like that's his version of his jersey being retired. <laughs> every tight end just they you know they can't get a cheer they're all just a heath cheer instead of wearing number 83 i think dennis pitta was kind of like that for us with with heap I, it was just like yeah the continuation of the same player r.i.p didn't die yeah. but still all right his, his first two hips did. yeah his first hips yeah he's the guy that's a tough first. scene that was a real <laughs> tough scene now, do we, we want to do podcast sometime but do we want to do the um the mountain rushmore steelers ravens moments uh, we could do something like that. I mean, I just, I mean, I used, I threw up some notes on our little spreadsheet thing. That you I want to take it, then take it. I've got some Mount Rushmore moments. They're mine. Take it away, Taylor. Uh, 2011, Tory Smith. Shout out to the Terps. Game winner with 16 seconds to go. Uh, remember watching when I was at Maryland in my dorm, absolutely losing my mind uh, that a Terp beat my least favorite team. Uh, so that would be my first, my first one I'll throw out there. Um, is this a snake draft situation? Uh, it's however Eric wants to do it. He's the uh, Titans draft master here. I'll keep, keep rolling. Uh, watching your sorry team, Joey, cry on the field <laughs> when the uh, Ravens beat the Browns and, and uh, crush their spirits uh, was <laughs> tremendous. Uh, was hammered when it happened and was just uh, probably said some things that I, I regret at the bar about yeah. uh, watching that, which is fantastic. Uh, shout out to Baker not getting it done uh, for the Steelers. Uh, the Bart Scott, uh, just giant hit in 2006, just absolutely killed Big Ben. Um, no, that was 2004. Was it? Was it that? That was, was it? that was Big Ben's first action in the NFL. He yeah. came in, Tommy Maddox fucked up his arm. No, that was Ray. That was Ray Lewis. 
Same kind of hit there. Um, thinking of different Bart Scott. The, the Bart Scott one was in a 27 nothing win. Yeah, because I watched the clip. It was like 17 nothing at the half. Gross. Yeah, it was like a half. It was like an old school CBS. It's like uh, when Greg Gumbel was in the studio. I'm great. telling you, that was Bart Scott his rookie year. I see on, on YouTube, Bart Scott, huge hit, Ben Roethlisberger, 2006. 2006? I know the Big Ben hits get jumbled in your head, but we, 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 <laughs> we only have so many of them. So I'm looking up Big Ben. I thought that was hit. Yeah, rookie. I guess you're right because uh, what's his name? Uh, Willie Parker's back there. Yeah, that's true. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that, that's uh, the, oh, I guess I need four. Oh man. Um, it was going to be, so it was going to be the uh, Ravens injuring Tommy Maddox, which I thought was a great thing until the, uh, they went 14 and one or whatever after that. Um, <laughs> but I'll, 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 I'll go across the aisle here. And just in terms of dramatic game moments, I'll give one to the Steelers just as a general one. Uh, the Antonio Brown stretch play, which kills my soul. Um, is it was a hell of a well, that was a hell of a just a hell of a game. So I'll throw that on there as well. Yeah, that, that that's a that's an all time NFL moment right there. That uh, it is. It's unfortunate how it ended because if Antonio Brown wouldn't have been a jag off and would have ended his career in Pittsburgh, who knows? It probably was a statue of that extension. You know, I mean, who knows? Uh, do you want me to go? Is it? Take sure. it. We'll go, we'll go uh, Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Um, man, I wrote a blog about a lot of these today um, on BarstoolSports.com. I think that was pretty funny. You mentioned the one about how when we were sitting there watching that. Yeah, that sucks. You have to root for the Browns, but in a Browns typical fashion, a Baker typical fashion, they choke and fuck <laughs> it up. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I got to start with you know I'm just gonna go and pull that up because I need to I need to de- decipher which ones I want to uh, which ones I want to release. Got to get it right. This is a big yeah. Game. I exactly. was gonna say I got it. I got it up right here. If you want me to read it off, if you want. Well, to I got I, I, now I got it. So I, I had seven up there, but I'm gonna narrow it down to four. And this first one, this is very close to me. I don't know why. Probably because it was the best part of that season, 2012. Go into Baltimore with Charlie Batch starting. Had literally zero hope in my mind. I was like, not a chance of how we're going to win this game. We had just lost to Cleveland the week before. Had eight turnovers in that game. I was like, this is like going to be a freaking bloodbath. Somehow, Charlie Batch pulls it out. Him and Big Ben hugging on the sideline. He's crying on Big Ben's shoulder. What a moment. 23-20. Steelers win. And then, you know, it ended up worked out perfectly for Baltimore. You guys went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So, that was our Super Bowl in that season. So that one, that one holds a special place in my heart for sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, the, the, these next are easy. Uh, Troy Polamalu strip sack, Sunday night football. Nobody picks him up or thinks it's a good idea. The Troy Polamalu coming off of the edge, to, <laughs> you know, like Flacco drops back, just a free path right to him, strips him, go on to score to win that one, uh, take the division win the AFC North. We went on the Super Bowl that year, and then you guys were talking about it earlier, my number two, the divisional comeback. Man, down 21-7. A lot of pacing going on in the Molinero household. A lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, soul-searching, a lot of figuring out what the hell is going on, how are we going to – you know, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. It's one thing to lose in the playoffs. It's another thing to lose in the playoffs to the Baltimore Ravens at home. And then, of course, the Ray Rice fumble, the Flacco fumble, the Flacco interception, yada, yada, yada. Come back and take that one. Um, 
Was that the Willis McGahee hit too? Was that the Ryan uh, Clark? That's the, that's the that's the 2008 um, AFC Championship. Game. Yes. Yep. Okay. I couldn't stand Ryan Clark either. I forgot about Ryan Clark. Okay. Yeah, he's one of those guys. See, there's always that's the great like, you know. Of course, you guys are gonna hate Heinz Ward and Big Ben and and, and all Tr- that. Oh, of oh, course, oh, I'm gonna hate Terrell Suggs and uh, and and fucking um, you know uh, Ray Lewis or Ray Rice or whatever. But it, to me, it's the it's the Krugers. It's the Ryan Clark's, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I couldn't stand Deshae Townsend for some reason. Deshae I just, Townsend, there you go. Like, you know, uh, Ladarius Webb. Hey, the Ladarius Webb. Fuck the <laughs> you know, most people are like, who are these people? But Steelers Ravens, you know, all their names, you hate all of them. Um, the immaculate, ex- what I call the immaculate extension, the Antonio Brown play at Christmas day. That's, that's up. That'd be honorable mention for me. It's just, it's really hard for me with my relationship that is non-existent. It's always been non-existent with Antonio Brown. But in my mind, how much I just can't stand him and think he's a total fraud and phony. It's tough for me to put that in the Mount Rushmore, especially over number one, the Troy Palomalu pick, you know, pick six, seals the deal, sends the Steelers to the Super Bowl, beat the Ravens three times that season. Um, nothing better. Like, like you were saying, it is a shame that Antonio Brown play is just such a great football play. Like, Oh, and again, all the all the videos that came out, all the like still shot pictures, they're so great. Like it again, like you said, it just it absolutely sucks that he is the person that he is because those are some all time pictures and videos and, and clips of that. And it was like the again, picture with the picture with uh, um, Weddle and who was the linebacker? Uh, the Orr? Or no. sure, he's Smith, uh, oh yeah, you're right. It was Orr. It was Orr. Daryl Smith, maybe. No, it was Orr. It was uh, Orr and then Weddle, and they're hanging on him, and he's like, re- "That's like it's like mm-hmm. uh, Washington crossing the Delaware, or whatever. Like it's made to be, a- <laughs> you know, it's like and Indiana, now, Penn State." Yeah. It, oh God. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's it's like a scene out of a movie where it's like the guy. It's like a Friday Night Lights scene where it's like the guy's getting dragged down, and all you see out of nowhere is the arm extend with the football. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and it's all for shit because he's a dumbass. But so now, 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 Mike, now Michael, <laughs> now Michael Penix Jr. has that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fuck are you. But <laughs> hey, re- real quick, are you gonna um root for any? Are you gonna root for uh, Maryland football because Tomlin's son is on the team? <laughs> Oh, no, man. I'm not that tight with uh, Dino and, and Mike T. So I hope I uh, you know, wish him well, but not going to not going to venture into, into any Maryland territory. OK, OK. Dino's, who's your college team? Purdue. And then mm, I'm, West Laffy Taffy. Been there a few times. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, my wife went there and love. I was just there this weekend, actually. Um, great, great spot. But uh, and then I'm, you know, tight with Coach O and all that. So, you know, I for lsu and everything but purdue would be my yeah i'm i have a giant tangent with purdue here okay were you on campus when there was a shooting and like i didn't go there but i know oh you didn't go there no yeah yeah i could continue this tangent or i could not (laughs) go ahead Uh, yeah yeah yeah. uh my college roommate from maryland was in grad school at purdue Uh i was out there to visit him in like january and there was like a school shooting he like leaves to go to class i'm sitting there watching the prices right on his couch they break into the prices, right? Say there's been a shooting on campus and it's like in an engineering building. He's an engineer. It's all unfolding. Nobody knows what's going on. Eventually a description of the shooter comes out. It's a redhead. My friend is a redhead. <laughs> so oh man, I him 
and he's texting me and he's like hiding in a bathroom because it, it's an active shooter and there's no like all clear right. yet. And so he's in the bathroom and he just stops texting. I don't hear from him for like two hours. And I'm like, what's going on here? While I'm watching this, they get a perpet- perpetrator or whatever you want to call it, um, get the shot from the helicopter of them walking some guy out with his hands behind his back and a hood over his head. And I'm like, ah, they got that bastard, whatever. And they take him in the car and whatever. And they, they, yeah, he's actually walking to a car and then they like him and the officer both stop and they turn around. I'm like, what the hell is that about? Like if the guy, like, why are you turning around? Like the car or the caddies right there, the paddy wagons right there. Anyways, he, so, um, they take him in, um, this, the, whoever, whoever they showed was who they thought it was. And eventually this, my roommate comes back and he's like, dude, get a beer. I got to talk about this. And he just goes to the story about how he's in the bathroom and the SWAT team comes in and he's just like in the corner, like, oh shit. Like, (laughs) and they kind of, like, he kind of fits the description. So they take him in and they question him a whole bunch. And then they decide they need to like, uh, you know, just to be safe. It's a school shooting. It's a very sensitive situation. They just couldn't release him willy nilly. And so they took him into the, the wagon and took him downtown. And so that guy on the news that I was laughing at, like this fucking asshole, uh, is my, is my buddy. Oh my God. That's <laughs> well, insane. Yeah. Wow. So that's my little Purdue nugget. Um, I almost blogged it. I was like the first week or two that I was on staff at Barstool writing part-time. And we were like, this is a crazy story. Like we've got clips from the news of my friend, yeah the shooter but it's a school shooting situation my friend the shooter yeah it's like it's not something you just want to put out there on the blog it's not like laughing matter so first week i'm gonna blog this school shooting real quick right that's That's my little purdue nugget um yeah yeah uh luckily it hadn't hadn't been any active shooters since (laughs) uh we're gonna knock on wood and hope that's that way but uh that's a wild story for sure yeah and who's your mount rushmore banks yeah my mount rushmore um Surprised you didn't go like somebody didn't jump into this one or mention it at all, but Hodi Nada breaking ben, Big Ben's nose, just mm. smashing his nose, and he's got it all cockeyed. And um, it's it just kind of embodies everything that the the I mean he's got a helmet on, and how do you still break his break his nose? It's kind of hard to fathom, but yeah, it's how big a really just with this ball, like, just, didn't even do anything, he just came down on his face mask, popped them real good. Uh, yeah. so that's that's gotta be one for me. Um the playoff win in 2014, uh, Terrell Suggs with the uh, the leg pick. It was kind of a seesaw game for a little bit, and then we kind of like pulled ahead and stayed ahead. Crockett Gilmore with a big touchdown that game. Shout out to that guy. Jeez. <laughs> you guys always have fucking running backs that are named like that, and they all look the same, and they all run the same. Wasn't he a, was he a running back or was he a he, tight end? He was a tight end that eventually tried to convert to a guard. <laughs> he was running the tight end that had both. I swear. Like you he's have got a got... body type. You have Gus Edwards. You have all these running backs that are like the same. This pisses me off. Man. He had the Gus Edwards <laughs> body type for sure. Yeah. As I was saying that, I was like tight end, tight end. But anyways, go ahead. Um the the uh the fruit punch last year, the overtime strip of Juju. Um, unbelievable play. Taylor and I were at a, at a bachelor party down in New Orleans watching at a bar. Uh, shout out to the half of the bachelor party who got food poisoning at that bar that day. Yeah. Oh, no. Taylor and I were not among the, the half, but um, big play. 
that felt like the ball was bouncing in slow motion. And it's actually incredible that Humphrey is the one who runs it down and recovers it after How it goes. Does that ball not go out of bounds? I'm still trying to figure like, oh, <laughs> dude, it took the perfect bounce and it just boop, hopped right back. End out over end. It's like watching one of those bunts that like sits there and like curves towards the foul line and then like curves back all of a sudden. It's yes. Yeah, it's it was, insane. It's mind numbing. It's just the football gods. <laughs> They're unreal. It's Ravens Day that day. Yeah. Not not a um not gonna be one of my picks, but semi-related honorable mention is gonna be Tony Jefferson just swiping the ball off Vance McDonald the other year when he just kind of slid in and just said, Yep, this is mine. <laughs> yep. Which I guess he's down by contact because he touches him as he's swiping it, but I feel like by rule that shouldn't be. Like that should have been a touchdown. But anyways, um, and the last one I'm going to take is the Thanksgiving win. I want to say that was – no, it couldn't have been that year. Maybe in 2013. It was 2013. 2013, yeah. 2013. Um, just, a, just a back-and-forth game again. I think a failed two-point conversion was the difference, but everybody remembers the Mike Tomlin incident. Um, and I remember just all the content that came out of uh, Justin Tucker and Jacoby Jones sitting at the table with the turkey legs and all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yes. I can't wait to get that from Lamar and the boys. This <laughs> It's, it's, it's going to be the best moment of the year, maybe. At least the regular season. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, the 2013 game. There was a lot in there, man. You had the, the Jacoby Jones Tomlin. You had the Le'Veon Bell getting his skull cracked and, and being almost dead at the goal line. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You had, forgot about that. And then, yeah, you had the, the failed two-point conversion. Emmanuel Sanders dropped it uh, in the back corner of the end zone. Young money. No, that was, that was – <laughs> yeah, exactly, young money. But, yeah, that was a crazy one. That's a, that's a good call. I totally forgot about Le'Veon Bell. You, you I know. also forgot about that. That Yeah. Yeah, he got cracked. But then he – I mean, he was fine. I think he scored after that. I mean, he came back and played, but – for a while there, it was it was a little a little scary, a little dicey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good list. This is this is great. It's, it's yeah. crazy that we can go through. I mean, you could go on. I mean, you named like, and there's still more. Yeah. Like, oh, tons. There's there was a an overtime game where I think uh, Sweezham missed a couple kicks on like Monday Night Football. I think the Ravens started a year zero and three. Steven Smith was on the on the team, and I think um, Mike Mitchell hit him in the back with kind of a cheap shot and broke bones in his back and Steve Smith played the rest of the game. And then after the game, classic Steve Smith quote says that guy's on my all time hit list. <laughs> I think I that forget. was 2015. I think it was Thursday night football. Yeah. Um, we needed I, that game bad. That was the first game that the Steelers are playing with Michael Vick as a quarterback. Big Ben was down. Uh, that may be right. There was definitely a game ruined Mike Vick. Josh Scobie missed two field goals. And then you had the two-minute warning thing where uh, – I, I, what was it exactly? That was back when I was in college. The Steelers sacked Flacco with like 2-0-1. Like it stopped right the two-minute warning. I remember the Thursday night crew was like, oh, this is big because this is going to give them another shot. It yeah. stopped the clock. And otherwise, if it, they would if they would have sacked him like a second or two later or second later – then they could have ran the clock out. They weren't able to because it stopped the clock. And then Michael Vick couldn't convert. And then you guys got it back. And Tucker, you know, made me drink all night on that Thursday night in college. But uh, yeah. Tucker hit a uh, that Tucker hit a 52 yard field goal with five minutes left in overtime. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yep. 
Justin Forsett with a casual 150 yards on 27. Uh, again, I mean, like, what, what is this? He like all of a sudden we just can't tackle these guys. It drives me nuts. But yeah, because that's he, he hit a field goal to tie it to end regulation. Yep, three seconds left, 42 yards. Went to overtime and then he did it again. Bastard. You know, it's kind of an interesting wrinkle in the rivalry, too, is the fact that for a good decade straight, you could count on Joe Flacco playing, but there was always seemed to be one game a year where Big Ben was missing, and we just got a litany of just Awesome, awesome backup quarterback names. Dennis Dixon. Dennis, I was going to say, there's Dennis a 2008 Dixon. game. There was like Dennis Dixon's first career start. I think Batch was the actual backup, and he got hurt. And yeah. Dennis Dixon played well enough to where it was a close game the entire time. Overtime, too. Yeah, the entire game, I'm thinking, how the fuck is how Dennis is this a game? Dixon <laughs> have them in this game? It's like, you can't. Like, I could have been playing quarterback, and the Steelers would somehow be in the game. It just he, didn't matter. He he had like a 80 yard run that game, I think, to score. He, if I remember correctly, he had some play that was like, oh shit, is this Cordell Stewart? But <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. Um, hopefully we can stay away from that. And then we got Big Ben healthy for the next few years. And it felt like, you know, it was kind of just like typical year or, you know, two games a year with everybody good to go but yeah like 2006 to 2009 it was like what you said <laughs> we get one big ben game and then one like i don't really know what's gonna happen again yeah, like there's left witch left witch in there yeah. left witch is right oh gosh man. yeah the other funny part is that it seemed like a lot of times one team would win the first game on the road and you'd be like oh man we got the leg up in the division because they're gonna have to come to our place for the second game it's all smooth sailing from here, and somehow that team always lost that second game at home. Yep, a lot, a lot of road wins where just the home, the home crowd went home disappointed. That's uh, what makes it great, though, those man. Are the that's, best ones. Those are the best wins. The rivalry. Yeah. So, is there is there is there hate from a Steelers perspective for Lamar at this point, or do you not feel like it's there yet? Um, no, I, I mean, at least not for me. I mean, Lamar's a electric player he's he's really good a lot of fun to watch you know right now is like looking like the future of the nfl i think what happens for me is when like nate burleson's of the world and like peter strager's of the world are like the hyperbole sometimes with lamar jackson can just be a little much for me you know i'm like look fantastic talent i get it but like let's just all right let's give it like three years you know what I mean like I think that's what it is for me I don't hate Lamar Jackson or like I definitely hate Joe Flacco way more than I hate Lamar Jackson (laughs) Uh, that's for sure that'll be hard to change but that's for me is where I'm just kind of like all right guys like he's electric he's really good but I mean come on so that's the thing like I I almost don't want to see I want to see him leave because I can't stand him but like when Big Ben leaves just a little bit of that hate will leave for a little bit until whoever quarterback that replaces him Gains yeah. it back because it, it, there's yeah, just years and years of Big Ten hate or Big Ben, Big Ten, Big Ten, <laughs> wow, Big Big Ben. That's a that's a Freudian slip. Big Ben <laughs> hate um, in my heart, and and it's just it'll go away. And who knows? Maybe it'll be maybe Josh Dobbs. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what count on? Hold your breath. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't either. Yeah, would either. yeah. For sure. Now, if, I don't know if you guys have any other questions. I ha- I have one last one for Joey. Um, but again, Banks, I, I know you could you could go on all night. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, about this rivalry? Hell I, I just about anything. I, I just all the games, dude. Are you kidding me? I can go through all of them. <laughs> I just as as so you're you're obviously you're a Cubs fan too. 
Yeah. Do you want to thank us for Jake Arietta? <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, you guys had them all fucked up, so you just gave them away. Uh, so that That's was one good. way to put it. You could say <laughs> that about thirty-five guys. You know what? I don't. I don't hate that that tagline either. You guys had them all fucked up and gave them away. That could be like we had a, we've for had Baltimore Orioles baseball. It's yeah. what we Y'all had them fucked up and gave them away. Yeah, instead I like of goes the pictures, that's the Oral way. Instead of there's nothing like a day at the yard. Or like or not Orioles magic. Y'all had them <laughs> fucked up and traded them away. Yeah, I can't. We could we could I could work something with this. Yo, you guys are really you're you're a um, you're you're an interesting uh, kind species in my mind. Just because there's certain fan bases that I'm like. Are there really people who root for that team? And Baltimore <laughs> Orioles, mm-hmm. Baltimore Orioles have literally since I was like, since I knew about sports. I was like six years old. I was like <sighs> the Orioles. Like I, I like I, I can understand the Ravens. I get that totally. The Orioles to me have always just been like who's who's really getting excited about? This? They're there. That, yeah. That's the thing. They're there. Yeah. I know. There you guys are. So good for you. You know. I think yeah. you're a couple of years younger than us. Where like the the whole Cal Ripken thing is just like a tiny blip at probably the front end of your sports memory, and so everything after that is just shit. Well, so I mean, yes, that's that's correct. Like the last thing I remember about Cal Ripken playing was the 2002 All Star Game, 2001 All Star Game, one where he hit the home run and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that well. But my dad worked for cal ripkin for ripkin baseball for wow. like 15 years wow um, and he was like he was the national director of sale like he was he talked to cal pretty frequently and 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 bill as well and uh i actually it was like the summer going into my senior year of high school cal was coming to indy for like a baseball convention for some reason and uh, we got to go downtown with with um, Cal Ripken and have lunch with him for an afternoon. My my family, wow. my dad and my mom and uh, two sisters. Uh, great guy, you know. It was crazy, but I so I I have had a a uh, Cal Ripken has been a very big part of my life, uh, just because my dad you know spent 15 years working there and you know sure. that, that's kind of all I heard about. So it, I do have a tie. Uh, to Baltimore in that way. The jealousy from RDT's face is yeah, just that's so hard to contain right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having lunch with Cal is is I mean, that's a bucket was list. That's wild. a bucket list item for ninety percent of the people in Baltimore. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He was he was awesome. He was he's very big. He was yes. like a, he was a very big guy. Um, but super cool and uh yeah, man. So, you know, good on Cal. I got nothing against Cal and, and Bill Ripken at all. <laughs> The Ripken family. It's yeah. Hard to, hard to hate them. The yeah. first family of Baltimore. Pretty Before much. we get out of here, Joey, I'm, I'm just briefly interested. This has been like a wild 18 months for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested as you reflect back on it, what your just overall thoughts on if you thought you'd be where you are right now and the stuff that you're doing with Barstool and, and all the stuff that you've gotten to go viral on Twitter. Like you gotta, gotta be living the dream right now. It's gotta be pretty cool, man. Thank you. Uh, thank, yeah, man. Um, it, it's, you know, uh, so often I feel like with any industry, you know, um, even like Chase Claypool, for example, right? Like, you know, he has that pop-off game against the Eagles and he's already scored like six touchdowns in his first six games. And, you know, I feel like people, you know, they just see that, you know, they, and, and so what I'm saying is with like, with me, you know, people obviously just see like those things that have gone viral or, or 
the different cool stuff they get to do now. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time for a lot amount of years questioning everything now, you know, being like, is this worth it? Is things going to work out? Am I going to be able to make a living doing this kind of stuff? Like, you know, doing all that shit, just kind of trying to bust my ass. And um, it has, it's been, it's been surreal. It's been awesome. But I mean, you know, thanks to, you know, uh, fellas like you and, 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 and people online who, who follow me and everything like that. I mean, can't thank them enough for just uh, enjoying my shit and, and, you know, want to be along for the ride. So it's been crazy, but uh, all I want to do is just keep hopefully trying to make people laugh and, you know, hope for the Steelers to win. So <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the score prediction for this weekend for you? Ravens coming off a bye. Um, one o'clock kick. I think to, I'll probably go. Um, I'd say like twenty-four, twenty-one Ravens. Mm. Wow! Wow! There it is. Land to the people of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean that—that's the thing. Is like, I love the Steelers more. I have a freaking tattoo for the Steel. Like, that's my shit. Like, I you know, but I, at the same time, like, I can also separate and like, I try to be that way where I can be like, okay, like. Ravens come off a bye, they're at home, like the Steelers, they're kind of due for a loss. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can call it how you see it. Yeah, That's, I can see that. But it still doesn't mean I'm not going to be like, you know, cussing John Harbaugh up and down on Sunday. <laughs> <I don't laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. yeah, I think it'll probably be that way. So it is like you guys pessimism is, is kind of the default when it comes to anticipating these games. You just try to expect the worst because we know it's it's just going to be a a root canal. (laughs) It is. It's going to be a root canal. My terrible towel is going to be so wrinkled and sweaty by the end of it. It's going to be awful. My wife's going to get mad at me for yelling at the TV, but that's why you do it. You know? That's why you do it. (laughs) Oh, a late ad for the fucking towels on the most hated things list. I hate this. I hate (laughs) David's show and they get up on third. The Steelers are you know, big third down on defense. They yep. go to the wide shot, Heinz Field. Bah, uh-huh. bah, 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 bah. Everyone in the NFL hates that. That's not even just Ravens fans. Oh, everybody, everybody hates it because everybody and- tries to duplicate it to their stupid little <laughs> Nissan sponsored fucking rally towels. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid, you know. Oh, that was uh, too direct. That you was guys too have that. You, you know, we have that. You guys have the. The O scream and all that bullshit, disrespecting <laughs> the national anthem. Oh, oh, oh no. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> come on. I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually, yeah, like if you get mad at that, people are. I'm sure there's people who. Do. Oh, there's definitely. Hey, oh, there's definitely. You've been on the internet? The, yeah, yeah, that's fair. You're get mad about something. That's very true. Very true. Um, Taylor and Banks, do you guys want to do your predictions or do we, you want to save that for the. For the other, oh, I'll give mine. Uh, yeah, I it. think this is going to be, an, first of all, an awesome game. And I wish, I almost wish it feels like it should be a Sunday night game. And the fact that it's at one is like pretty bizarre. Um, I'm going to say Ravens 28, Steelers 24. 28. You said 28, 24? Yeah. It's kind of too similar to the one I had in my head. Um, I feel like field goals are more common in this game than, yeah. than most games. I was going to kind of take uh, Joey's prediction and uh, a couple field goals further and say 27, 24. Uh, but why not just make it 30, 27? Let's, let's just go with that. Going the over. Yeah. Go. Big over. Love it. Okay. I'll, give me, um, I'll go 30, I'll go 34, 30 Steelers. 
Whoa, even more wow. points. That's a, yeah, that's that's high scoring. That'd be fun. Hey, someone I, someone has to someone has to pick them. It's, it's also fun. It's gonna be six sixty degrees. I know there's some chance of rain too. So if it's back and forth at 34, 30, I, I'm gonna lose some years off my life. High of sixty, low of thirty-five. So uh there there we go. There's that there's that fall weather we're talking about, Joey. Yeah, exactly. All right. Like a fall 60 degree uh, 60 degree day in Baltimore. There you go. Yeah, as beautiful as it gets. Much Will any of you guys be able to be in a ticket with a 7,500, or what's the deal with that? Well, uh, I, I am in a situation where I cannot attend, um, and I, I don't know if we're going to talk about that on the rest of the podcast, but I am in a limbo potential COVID situation here. So. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been exposed by the roommate. So I will not be there. And Eric, I also will not, not be there. Eric is certainly not going to be there. Okay. Did I you have any be. thought? Did you have any thought of coming down for it? Me or Eric? You? No, no, I'm not. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm not brave enough to to venture into in, enemy territory just yet. I'm sure if Barstool was like, "Hey, you need to be there," I'd been like, "Okay, that's fine." Um, who's going to be on the broadcast for it though? Oh, this is right up Taylor. Taylor, it's Taylor. I have not. I have not checked the announcers oh, yet. Oh, I know the yeah, answer to this. It should be. I mean, it's got to be Nance and Romo. It's, it's Nance and Romo. We yeah. Really, Nance you're Romo. getting Nance and Romo? That's yeah. why it's not on Sunday night. Then CBS has got this shit protected. Yeah. They do well, have it protected. Well, you can't even flex at this point anyway. I thought it at least would be a 4:25. I thought they would have moved it back into the uh, like the prime window, but they didn't. We got you, guys, uh, you guys in on Nance and Romo, or what's the? Sure, I'm in on Nance Legend. and Romo. I'm uh, Romo yeah. has invigorated, reinvigorated Nance. The last few years of Nance Sims was a travesty, and Nance has Nance has found his Augusta magic back you, in the booth with Tony. You can go back to Super Bowl thirty-five and and uh, wait, no, that was Gumble, 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 and Sims. No, that was Gumble. Yeah. There's another big game. Maybe it was uh, Super Bowl forty-seven. I don't know. Nance is on. When Nance was with Sims, he was just kind of monotone. And Nance was with Sims for our Super Bowl. He was, yeah, he had, he had it bottled up a little too much. And Romo's, Romo's bringing it out of him a little bit. And uh, R- Romo is the young girlfriend that Nance now has after being married for so long. Yep. Yeah. They get the divorce. Now they're trying all that new stuff. And the, he's, he's Robert Kraft kind of move. Yeah. Put the cowherd hat uh, on for that one, Eric. That, that was yeah. very cowherd esque. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. <laughs> thank you thank you. if you had to pick here's one to just end it if you had to pick one announced team to call Ravens Steelers who are you picking boys of all of them of all is of it them, like a mix and match no uh do whatever you want I'm I'm Michael's Collinsworth for sure I'm I'm Sunday night crew yeah I, I'm with them on that and the Collinsworth thing like are you are you surprised we haven't had you yet? try on any of those impressions here or, or um I mean I always kind of go into everything like <laughs> thinking that that but like, I'm <laughs> yeah, by no like, means like disappointed that i have not been you know dance, dance. yeah that, yeah that we haven't <laughs> stuck you up funny on guy <laughs> yeah right uh i i'd go collinsworth and michaels though it just fit like that's steelers ravens like in my mind i'm gonna go uh mike patrick joe thysman paul mcguire Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. It's okay. Michael. It's, it's Michael. Tony Kornheiser and Dennis yeah, Miller. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Miller. Yeah. Uh, we know and Gruden wouldn't be bad if they were like, I could yeah. do it. They still. never really put this game on Monday night. No, no. no. Well, they won't put any game in, in Baltimore for, uh, or at least with a crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, bull, for bullshit so, reasons. 
Tariko was good. Tariko was on the call for the uh, Christmas Day uh, the extension. The back uh, mm. extent he was on that with. Hey, win on the division. Oh yeah. <laughs> who was on, who was the color guy? Was it Dungey? It was and Doug was Flutie. A, and Doug Flutie. That's exactly right. He has a three man booth. Yeah. Oh man. It's a good call. It's yeah. Good call. But we'll have does, Nance and Romo. For this does week. anybody like the three man booth? Does it ever I do work? Not. I do not. I also don't. The only one of the only three man booths that ever worked was uh, Sean McDonough, Bill Raftery, and Jay Bills in the Big East tournament. I think that's the only one that's ever worked. That's a really yeah. that's a throw that's a throwback too. That is. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other ones that have worked. I don't think Breen Van Gundy. We're really getting off track here. Breen Van Gundy, and Mark Jack. <laughs> Breen Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. This is right up my alley. Breen Van Gundy and Mark Jackson is pretty good on the NBA. They're good because Breen's really. I could agree with that. Well, football is just too like. Football. Got, there's too I mean, much going on in too small of a space, and you got nah. nah. They don't even. I mean, there are no real NFL three man booths. Right. Monday night now. Oh yeah, Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's not awkward. And, it should uh, just be Riddick. Brian Greasy's kind of a throwaway, but. Um, I agree. I, I agree. Like got to have a quarterback in there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. From Steelers Ravens to announcer talk. That's how we do it. Uh, with you on the pod, Joey. Thanks so much for coming on with us. Um, and hopefully you're sad on Sunday. Sorry. <laughs> Back to you guys. Always fun. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again soon before Thanksgiving or something. All right. Plug your stuff, man, if you got anything. Yeah, uh, new cup of Joey every Monday uh, on barstoolsports.com. Uh, my social channels at Joey Molinaro, J O E Y M U L I N A R O. And then uh, the Going Deep podcast with uh, Stephen Shea and Willie Colon. Uh, comes out every Wednesday talking uh, NFL. So catch me there. There it is. Thanks, man. Right on, guys. Thanks, man. Later. Back to you in the studio. Trust, trust. Back here on the Exit 52 podcast. Awesome stuff from Joey there. Dude was able to just rattle off Raven Steelers like we knew he'd be able to. Um, I love that he – I think he hates Antonio Brown more than I do. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there that absolutely is. Appreciate, appreciate that. Um, and Le'Veon Bell, I think too. I think he mentioned. Oh, and yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Well, I don't like Le'Veon Bell. I I don't like Le'Veon Bell. Well, you don't. You just don't like his patience. He's so he's so. He just sits back there, waits uh, for the whole thing to develop. I don't know if you know that. He, and that's he stinks for the Jets. He's just he's just an, an absolute joke. But awesome to have him on. We'll we'll see if Joey wants to come on. Uh, hopefully after the Ravens win uh, this one, and then we head into Thanksgiving. Um, and make sure to go check him out on all the awesome stuff. Uh, that he's doing. We'll jump into a couple of segments here. Uh, Nick Kaner medley person of the week, RDT. So mine, I am going to go with uh, my buddy Dean and Rob from shirt company thread level midnight. Um, I received my Moe's Rose package in the mail this week. Um, I tweeted out a video. I put on Instagram and Facebook too. I think um, with obviously this goes back to a couple months ago when, when it was announced that they were going to be doing one of the, the full section of Moe's cutouts um, in, in, in M&T. And, you know, the package they put together for everyone who bought one of them was really cool. The section 182 or one, I'm sorry, 182. I don't know where that came from. 146 um, right in that end zone. Um, you got like a nice little certificate showing you which cutout is yours and what seat and what row and all that stuff. Um, so it was just a really neat thing, um, especially again, seeing the, seeing you know all the cutouts of mo and and it, it was it was it was pretty neat to see it all kind of come to 
come to life. And um, yeah, so shout out to Thread Level Midnight, and they're still selling the Mo Mo Strong T-shirts. You can get your own Make Every Day a Win shirt at uh, ThreadLevelMidnight.com. Again, we talk about here the Turtles, a great name. I think Thread Level Midnight, is another <laughs> fantastic name for them. So uh, if you're in the if you're in the market for a Mo shirt, uh, make sure to head over there to those guys. Thanks. My Maryland Man of the Week, or Maryland People of the Week, is voters. Everybody out there, ah. whether you are early voting or you're voting next Tuesday, thank you very much for doing your due diligence. It's a big election. People have been talking about it for months, years. It's highly anticipated. So I just want to thank everybody for going out and voting yes to question two to legalize <laughs> gambling in Maryland. okay okay now i see where that was going there you go there you go to make every to make all of your movie theater and sports books dreams come true thanks (laughs) cheers yeah uh my nick caner medley person human man woman of the week um is on saturday many people were obviously watching the return of big 10 football a lot of football couch football great matchups in the afternoon i was watching ufc and namely khabib Nurmagomedov end his career at 29 and 0 arguably one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time an incredibly emotional scene in the octagon at the flash forum in abu dhabi and uh really i love ufc and he was one of the greats uh and and retired in this emotional thing with his father passed away due to COVID. he was able to honor him and then said he was not going to fight again because uh, his mom didn't want him to without his dad on this planet so pretty honorable guy there he's had some run-ins i'm sure everyone's seen with conor mcgregor um that were not awesome but uh pretty pretty <laughs> cool scene pretty cool sports scene if you're a sports fan you like emotional sports moments uh that was one on saturday anybody with any honorable mentions uh, I got I got two honorable mentions. One is um, Taylor Smythe for introducing me to the Big Booty remixes, which I've, <laughs> I've been able to stop listening. Thank you. Um, and it seems like we timed that perfect with them putting out uh, the 18 this week. Um, yes. yes. I don't know how I missed those for I don't know the last couple of years. I feel like it only took it only took it only took at that too, but but. Apparently, Banks, they said they played the, – that's what Tyler, the guy who we played – one of the guys that we played in the Jimmy's Golf Tournament with, they said they played that the entire time. Yeah. I said, but I, mean, I said – it's not like – I think my ball is way – I don't think the speaker reached that far into the woods for me to, you know. But I don't I, – <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. And I like to consider myself – I pride myself on knowing music and, like, kind of listening to a little bit of everything. I've ne- I had never, ever heard of – Two friends or those or big booty oh. until probably about this time last week. So we were joking. We I, I can't remember if you were there, Taylor, but I've seen two friends in concert in Atlantic City. Went, up to Atlantic, went to Atlantic City for uh for March Madness a year or two ago. It was whatever, whenever the the LSU two years ago. Was. So whatever. Uh yeah, horrible. But they're awesome. Two friends, good time. I'd, Again, never heard of them. Can't stop listening to them. Just, took, legit- an ad- just took an Adley endorsement for you. To pretty much. Um, yeah, pretty much. And then um, my, my second Nick Cantor medley person of the week. I can't get enough of this Carlos Dunlap story. I think it's just <laughs> so funny. Like him posting the, the defensive, the, you know, the rotations on Instagram before the game. And then that, that tweet that he had, I thought, I thought it was an all-time tweet. Um, 
6,000 square foot apartment, you know, great school system overlooks the city, just, just selling his apartment <laughs> on Twitter minutes after Baker Mayfield ripped their hearts out. I, I thought that was great. And he got his wish today, I think today or yesterday or whenever, and he got traded to today. the Seahawks. <laughs> I, I just thought that was funny. Um, another one, I don't know if we're going to cover it, but uh, shout out to Dodgers and, and uh, Kershaw. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, seeing him finally get his ring and just an absolute wild game six that went pretty swimmingly for Tampa up until the sixth inning and Kevin Cash. Dallas Braden said it best on the broadcast, computers malfunction sometime, and I think that's exactly what happened. It's well said. I mean, Very well said. It's crazy. Um, okay. You got more, more to add there, too? No. Go right ahead. Uh, my honorable mentions. Then. Um, Eric DaCosta, working his magic again. I mean, <laughs> who's better than that guy? Just a trade maestro. Uh, I was fired up when I when I saw what the the what we gave up for it was. It was you know less than what the Vikings had given up for him a few months ago. And when it dawned on me that that third round pick that they're sending the Vikings is either going to be coming back to the Ravens when Yannick walks, or it's not a rental and we're happy to give up a third round pick for Yannick and we signed him to an extension. So in essence, Yannick was acquired for a fifth round pick. And that's what Eric DeCoste is all about. I should have really made this, this Maryland man of the week, fifth round picks, but I dropped the ball on that one and uh, end up on that. Uh, another one for me, um, as I'm racking my brain here, it's kind of slipping my mind. Um, Randy Arozarena, for whatever reason, my book had him 12 to one to be the first player in that, that game that had a home run. I mean, the guy, the guy like is a solo home run King. I mean, he did. I, I've never seen somebody hit more solo home runs and just in the first like two innings of the game too. Yeah. I mean, he's just a lot just to start the game with home run shout out to him for doing what he does. So, um, and on top of that, just more baseball Mookie bets. I mean, you hate to see it. Like if you're a Boston guy, you really do. Is he better than Trout? Well, I can tell you he's, he's not more a of a winner. <laughs> but that guy's a winner. On a tee for you. Mookie Betts is a winner. Mookie Betts is a um, winner. Do you, there do it you is. approve of the Titans tweeting out a congrats Mookie Betts because he's from Tennessee? I, I don't know. I mean, you're just looking for cheap engagement. I get what they're trying to do there. Go off, go off, King. No, it's. No, it's stupid. Like, no, he's so every is he a Titans fan? Well, yeah, I think so because he did he did last year. He was one of the uh, twelfth man, and he came out in a Titans oh, jersey. Place. And yeah, yeah, kosher. Yep, kosher. That place. Kosher. Right. Yeah, fine We're with good. that. Fine with that. Totally fine with that. Not fine. The Caps tweeted <laughs> about Jeff Halpern like three a month after the thing that was. Bizarre. Told you but, they uh, de- someone definitely scheduled that for like oh shit I meant to do that nine twenty seven not yeah. ten twenty seven. Yeah, they got to it. Yeah. They got to it. Uh, my uh, my two honorable mentions. Um, uh, first is I won't go to. We talked about him already. Yannick Ngakwe, former Terp, coming home. Awesome um, to to see him back. I know he wanted to be back home anyway, um, and he gets his wish. A shout out to Yannick. I wish I already talked about him. Um, and then a guy I talked about on the show already, Adam Kalerik, uh, who becomes the fourth Maryland player to ever win a World Series. Shout out to him and Brandon Lau for repping repping the school hard um, in, in the World Series, which was very, very cool uh, for me to watch. And shout out to the Dodgers for getting it done um, and not being the uh, the always bridesmaid. Um, 
they get it done and asterisks can be talked about, but uh, they were the best team. So best team won um, in major league baseball. You're giving me a look. You don't think they were the best team. Oh no. I, I, I'm just, you're perfectly segueing into a go off game for me. Well then hit it. Well, here we go. Uh, the Dodgers behavior with Justin Turner was disgusting. And I think yes. disgusted with commissioner Rob Manfred for letting it all happen. I mean, he needs to take action here. I mean, the statement he said today was not enough. His hands are tied, in my opinion, and I think it's the only option here. He has to strip this World Series title from the Dodgers and give it to <laughs> the Rays or whatever team most recently swept them. I have no idea who that team might be or if they even exist. But if there is such a team, I think that that team should be the World Series champion. I think that everybody can agree to that. That's the only option. Manfred's hands are tied, and we're just waiting for him to take action. He Manfred had one of the all-time bad performances last night post game with the news coming out of the Turner positive COVID test. And then, and I get it. People were like, Oh, he's drunk. Oh, he looks like he's having a stroke. Like it was definitely the, the playback in his ear, which again, Banks and I, we we've had those, those talk back things. And it is hard to listen and try and, and think at the same time, get it out. And, but optically it was bad it was not good and again yeah. it was it was it was rob manford being rob manford but i mean it was it, it could not have been more baseball just like we made it through the last eight weeks without a positive test and then seven innings into the last game of the world series they're like oh guess what it's like pull, every, pull everybody on, everybody on this field is technically exposed <laughs> that was yeah, yeah that was uh this could be an this could be an entire podcast about this well, I just but, congratulate the Rays for me or whoever team swept them. So I just want to make that clear. For, you're no doubt Manfred. They just put him in some tough spots, and he was not ready for the Gary Bettman, Roger Goodell blues. He was not ready for that or prepared for that. And he had to know he, it was coming, though. Yeah, but he did. He didn't look like he knew it was coming. He I, maybe it just didn't cross his mind. He's like he five there, years of the job, pause, maybe more. That pause was super awkward. When he was what was that? I um, was like waiting for fireworks or something to go off. And I was like, what, what is he doing? Like, what's going on here? He also went to get interviewed by um, T- Tom Verducci uh, and Fox 45 cut to a Seifeld rerun for me. So I don't know if anyone else saw that <laughs> for like five seconds. They cut to the beginning of Seinfeld. And I was like, are they are they cutting this off so no one can see Manfred just bungle this answer? And then they got back to him. I, uh, I saw someone tweet was, last someone tweeted last night like Tom Verducci and they're like so Rob Justin Turner tested positive for yeah. COR dot 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 and then it was just Seinfeld music plays and I was like it was, <laughs> was unbelievable like, oh, that seems right. oh it happened it was unbelievable Seinfeld plays on Fox forty five so shout to Fox forty five for for yeah. rolling that you know this uh, is uh, Rob Manfred's sixth season I would have said tenth new kid on the block like he he needs to have figured it out by now. But again, you we get days, so. so let's let's just nip that in the bud. So congrats to the Orioles for yeah. being a team that I was alluding to. World Series champions, 2020, Baltimore Orioles. I'll allow it. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll and we'll we'll repeat with our man Adley next next year when he's he uh, already he posted an Instagram tonight of him in the, in that Orioles uniforms that said, uh, and I quote, I think it said, "See you next year." And there it is. Cool. And it's over. Go. Shout out to him. Shout out to our guest this week, Joey Molinar, because that's it for the Exit 52 podcast this week. Um, another awesome episode. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at Exit 52 Podcast. 
on Twitter and Instagram, Barstool Banks, to follow Banks and all his takes. I'm sure he's going to be rocking and rolling this weekend for Raven Steelers on the social medias. Then you can follow RDT, E-D-I-T-T-I-22 on Twitter um, to get all of your uh, Titans takes, um, if that's something that you actually want. Taylor Schmidt, <laughs> 10 for me. We'll see you next week. Well, we'll see you after the, we'll see you after the game on Sunday. Little uh little post game for hopefully a Ravens win. Uh we'll see ya.